As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Welcome to the On Farm podcast. It's Anna here with you this week. I am very excited for two different reasons. Firstly, is because we're about to share with you a conversation that is one of my absolute favourites ever since we started the On Farm podcast four years ago. I was chatting to a lovely gentleman by the name of Willie Logan, who shared with me his 91 years of experience living and working in Scottish agriculture. And it was just a delight to record and absolutely fascinating to listen to Willie's stories. But the other reason I'm so excited is that Willie has been helping us effectively to launch a brand new project that we're really, really enthusiastic about. Now, that project is called On Record, and it's really a branch out from the On Farm podcast. Uh, But what it does is offers a personal recording service aimed at giving you the opportunity to capture rural voices for posterity. So it might be a grandparent, it might be a long-serving staff member, it might be that you work in an organisation and you've got an office bearer who's retiring, or perhaps a partner in a law firm. Anybody who's got the most wonderful, unique stories and memories, we can capture those to keep forever. Willie Logan is the first person to take part in this exciting project and we look forward to speaking to many more people. So sit back and enjoy and then at the end of the podcast we'll tell you a little bit more about how you can find out more information. Are you ready? I'm ready, yes. I'm Willie Logan. I was born at Athelson Fort Mains on the 22nd of January 1932. I had an older brother called Malcolm and I have a younger sister who's seven years younger than me and a younger brother who's eight years younger than me. We were brought up when they and the war came along and made life different. Do you have many clear memories of that, of the wartime? Lots. Do you? <laughs> yes, yes. There's one, there's one occasion when we had a snowstorm during the war and Malcolm and I went up to the buildings that are built, air ministry buildings that were built above Athelson Fort Steading and it was snow on the ground and when we were there, there were people came to investigate a crashed aircraft and Malcolm and I walked backwards in the snow so the people thought we were going the other way. <laughs> <laughs> so you were practising the art of, not yes. deception, but uh, stealth, yes. the art of stealth. And uh, one of the things we did during the war 
was the whole family slept in one room. So you were one of four siblings. Yes. So there were six. There would be six of you sleeping in one room. Yes. Was that for physical as well as psychological safety? Psych- yeah. Psychological. Safety. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Gosh. And uh, and I had a member of the cars, or had a, a thing on the lights so that the lights shone down the way and were not very bright, so that the the Germans couldn't. See cars moving about in the night. Yes, yes. Mac and I used to do all sorts of wild things because there was no television or iPads or phones or anything. And uh, we had bicycles and we played. We weren't at school, we played. So you would spend nearly all your time outside probably. And did you... Did you know all along that you wanted to be involved in the farm? Was that quite a deliberate yes. choice for you? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. What I can remember about the farming was the grieve was king of the farm after the farmer. Mm-hmm. And he controlled the men, told them what to do, and went to the, they all met in the stable before Jochen time, as they called it, at what was quarter to seven, the first time I can remember. Right, goodness. And there was a little shed, Athelson Ford, called the tool shed, where the forks or the hose or the grapes, whatever they were, outside the, the door. Then he would go round to the stable, tell them all what to do, then look at his watch, and on the dot, it was to move. Wow. <laughs> so it was, it was precision. Sp- Real precision. Yes. And my father used to go absolutely mental if they stopped early or were late in going out because there was about 10 or 12 men and I used to say to him, why are you getting so angry, Dad? Well, I says, that's a whole hour's work because for 12 people stopped for five minutes. That was a whole hour's work law. Mm-hmm. And in these times, at that time before the war, things were tight. There wasn't a lot of money no, in the no. system. On a Friday night, the grieve came to the house and father and the grieve made up the wages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was all in cash and the man, the grieve, went and paid them. My mum has a, an interesting story about that, actually, because she, she grew up on a farm uh-huh. and um, that happened one Friday night and they had a housekeeper who stole all the wages and... Scarpered. Uh-huh. They eventually caught her at Perth train station, I think, still with all of the envelopes in her bag, <laughs> but she'd gone with all of the wages. Just, and I suppose, yeah, these days we don't think about thing, you know, money in envelopes. It's all transfers and and everything. So yeah, every Friday, every, everybody got paid on Friday yeah. evening, did they? Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. But life revolved around the markets. Mm-hmm. Father went to Lanark Market on a Monday because he reared dairy cattle and sold them. He didn't. He never milked cattle and he sold right. them to the cow. Mm-hmm. Lanark on a Monday, Edinburgh on a Wednesday to the corn market and you took your checkbook and you went round all your merchants and paid your bills on a Wednesday. Goodness. So that was at the corn exchange, which now plays host to bingo nights yeah. and balls yeah. and all yeah. sorts of things. Yeah. And on Friday... Haddington Corn Market in the bank. Oh, yes. And father died suddenly in 1953. So you were only... 
21. 21, goodness. Yes. And yes. Matt, Matt was 23. Gosh. So we carried on the market thing. Yes, I yes. went to the cattle market. Mm -hmm. Malcolm, he went to the corn market. Then he, after he went away, I went, after he got married, I went to the mall. Right. So the two of you ran the farm together for a time, for a did you? While. For a wee while. Yes. Five years, I think he got married in 1958. He went away then. Right, right. Uh, did he move far? Yeah, well, he went to uh, Nottinghamshire to begin with. Oh, okay. Then he came back to Berwickshire. Right, right. Um, but, but he died. Well, father had a heart attack and he had one. I think he was 58 when he died. Oh, goodness. Yeah, anyway. so young. Yeah. And then the younger brother came along after that. Oh, yes, mm -hmm. yes. One of the things that I can remember was having cold hands. There were no gloves when you were out doing something like oh. putting turnips in a trailer or something. And you came in for your lunch and you held your hands under the tap until they heated up. It's hateful. Yes. <laughs> I bet. So no gloves, you, no, you just yeah, had to, to that, grin that, and bear it. Good grin and bear it. Once I got cold, they were all right. <laughs> yes. There was a wee space where they were getting cold, it was sore. Then once they were cold, you didn't feel it. No, And then no. when you, you had to heat them up to eat your lunch. Yes, otherwise they wouldn't work properly. <laughs> oh, goodness. So everybody you know, everybody would have had that exact same same, same challenge. Yes, yeah. uh-huh. And... It, and the other thing that revolved around it was the blacksmith in the village, if anything broke down in the early days, it went mm -hmm. to the village, to Alec Ainsley, who was a blacksmith in the village. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. yeah. That's how it went. Yes. But my really first bit of getting into it was I fell off a stack of bales when I was 13 and broke my wrist trying to help the men to build bales. <laughs> I suppose that... That could have been worse than a broken wrist, yes. couldn't it? Mm -hmm. So you were just so keen. You were really keen to help and yes. uh, uh -huh. ended up injuring yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Mm. Um, and so presumably at this time, we were talk are we talking about a combination of tractors and did you still have horses on the farm well, at this that's time? That's where I'm coming to now. Uh, oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember Dad had three pair of horses Mm -hmm. And an odd one, which was seven horses. Each ploughman had two horses, and then there was a spare one. Mm -hmm. Usually it was a boy that got the spare one to do odd jobs. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was never idle. Uh -huh. But father was very friendly with a horse dealer who bought horses to put onto farms. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't suit the farmers or they were bad horses, they were sent to dad to be retrained. Oh, Wow. Because yeah. father was a great Clydesdale enthusiast. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Did he ever breed them? Oh, yeah, they bred no. horses as well. Did he? Wow. They bred horses yes. and showed horses. Yeah. Gosh, so it was, it was kind of in the blood then, because yeah. you're going to tell me later about your love of horses. You must have got that from him. Yes. Yeah. So he I'm was, the only one. Are you? <laughs> right. But he was able, he must have had a really special touch then if he was able to deal with the ones that had yeah, been yeah. problems for other people. Yeah. Wow. And then I can remember the horses starting to disappear. Mm -hmm. And they had one Alice Chammers three-field tractor, which had 26 horsepower. Gosh, <laughs> right. But that would be a big upgrade at that point. Yes. Petrol paraffin. Yes. 
and they had a caterpillar tractor, which was steel tracks. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And then he had another three-pool tractor. He grew a lot of seed potatoes that went, everything went by rail, the seed potatoes mm -hmm. south. But the were, the were potatoes, the big ones, they went by road to Newcastle. Okay, yeah. In 1961, he was buying seed potatoes from Aberdeenshire for £14 a tonne. Majestics were £10 a tonne. <laughs> Goodness. And how does that compare to now? I think he's getting over 200 just now. Gosh. And I don't yeah. know what he's paying for seed. No, no. I don't ask too many questions. <laughs> just let him get on with it. <laughs> and all the grain went in railway sacks. Now, you won't know what railway sacks are. No, I don't think I do. No. There were very strong Hessian sacks mm -hmm. that held what we called 16 stone, which was 200 bits. Yes, yeah. And they were hired from the rail, they, were, they belonged to the British, the railway company, LNER or LMS or I don't mm -hmm. know what it was. It was a penny a week. Right. To, yeah. And when, it, when the, after the, we hired them, filled them and they went to somebody and then they sent them to Sochton where they were checked over by the prisoners and patched if they were anything wrong with them. Oh, really? Right. And bundled yes. up again, and then you got them back. Yes. In my time, it was always 16 stone barley, 16 stone wheat, and 12 stone of oats, because that's oats are much bulkier. Oh, I see. Yes, yes. And so can you, can you explain to me how the rail transport process worked then? Because you would need to get everything to the railway station, and that would have been which station in those days? East Fortune. East Fortune, right. So how did that how did that all work then? Can you remember it happening? I, well, one of well, the first Alice Chambers tractor they got, he took he, that was his job during the winter when they were grading potatoes to cart mm -hmm. them to the station. Mm -hmm. And all the potatoes were stored in pits outside the potato pit. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, well, Nowadays, it's temperature-controlled well, sheds. Yes, it's yeah. like that. And then you they put a straw up like that, and then, yeah. they, then they covered it with soil, uh, and then okay. the heat went out the top. Wow. And these were all... The people had to stand at the grading machine and they were graded and outside. Yes. Nothing. Come rain or shine. Yes. Yes. Yes, and the, and the, the seed potatoes were taken to the station and... Father had to phone the station master at East Fortune. Can I have four wagons tomorrow, or one wagon, or two oh, I wagons? See. Yes, yeah. And they took the potatoes to the station, and they had to take straw. And then the the, the porter, I think there were two porters at East Fortune, mm -hmm. and to carry the bags and build them into the vans. Yes. Um, so they knew you were coming because you'd booked in uh -huh. in advance. Yes. They were there ready and waiting for you. Yes. And you'd unload and then book in for when you needed mm -hmm. yes. uh -huh. to go again. So it w must have been a pretty slick and smooth system. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, look, I, I think I can remember lots of rows in the phone. <laughs> As in wanting a slot, but they couldn't take you because they were already Father full. Father wanted wagons and there were no wagons yes, available. And, uh, I see, yes. So the, 
the station masters always got very well looked after at Christmas with turkeys and eggs and whiskey and you name it. To keep them on side. To keep them on side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense, I suppose. Yeah. Because, it, yeah, you, you don't want a delay in, in the process. You want everything to, from, from the farm side, you want everything to be smooth running yes. and get where uh -huh. it needs to be quickly. And then wow. the other thing that would, during the war, we had to grow sugar beet. Okay, yes. And that all went by rail up to Cooper. Yes. And gosh. that was all taken by this tractor. Yes. And was that done almost by directive then? You know, you were told this is what you need to grow yes, for yes, effectively yes. for the war effort and this is what's required. During the war, yes. we were under direction from yes. the Ministry of Agriculture and we had to plough up everything if we could. Yes, gosh. But it was, a, it was actually a... A good time for farmers, that was when the farmers, during the 1930s, there was not very much money in the mm -hmm. system. But during the war, that's when they made. Yes, yes. Which is sad. Well, it is sad, isn't it? And, and But that still happens, doesn't it? You know, with the, the war in Ukraine has, has caused prices to, to increase. And it's a sad consequence. But what it highlights, I suppose, is the, the fact that the world needs farmers and yeah. the food that they produce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And do you remember, when it comes to rationing, do you remember feeling short of things or or do you believe that because you were growing up on a farm that actually you were lucky because you still had all of this yes, produce we were lucky yes very, yeah. very lucky it was a better black market went on <laughs> i can remember the the police and the bypass at haddington no by the old road mm -hmm. the police used to st stop there all the cars on a wednesday morning all the farmers going to edinburgh on a wednesday to the corn market oh, yes. with their eggs or potatoes or whatever and they were yeah. getting sugar or butter or uh, the back door of grocers and butchers oh. <laughs> <laughs> so trading yeah yeah no money changed hands but trading items yes. yeah <laughs> after my father died like the, the rotation that we had at Athelson Ford. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Was 50 acres of hay, mm -hmm. uh, which we put, because well, we had lots of cattle, and yes. we, the dung from the cattle we put on the ground, and we had 50 acres of potatoes, 50 acres of wheat, then two spring barleys, and the last spring barley was sown down for hay to start again, a old six-course rotation. Yes, yes. And we had... 370 acres of ground and there were 70 acres of bits, uh, rocky bits where I used to not plough and the grass field at the house and other bits yes. that we had for, yes. for cattle because I was interested in cattle. Mm -hmm. And how many men would you have had at that point? I know when oh, you said when you were a child there were 10 yes, plus the grieve. Down, we're down to seven. Down to seven. Gosh. Because I was there and Mac was there. Yes. <laughs> yes, um, but even that, when you think about how that compares to nowadays, yeah. seven is a, yes, is a lot. Was, and I used to love making the hay because we, we, we used to get good weather in, in June and July. <laughs> but like it took a while to make 50 acres of hay. I bet, yes, <laughs> yeah. And I used to rear a lot of calves. Dairy and father started a business buying calves, dairy calves and rearing them and 
pulling them and selling them, but just at calving. Mm-hmm. And that, we carried that on for a while, and that came, then what that trade disappeared. I then see, we, then yeah. we reared a lot of beef calves, mm-hmm. and that's where I made a lot of money because I built up more cattle, more cattle, more cattle, more cattle. And there was inflation at the time, and then I uh, sold a lot of cattle and I bought a farm down at Jedburgh. I had okay. it for five years, mm-hmm. and then I sold it and bought this one in 1981. Ah, right. So because it's night, we're how many miles are we from Athelstan Ford here then? Seven. Uh, seven. Yeah. So quite quite close to make things yeah, more yeah. manageable. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And going back a bit. Do you know that time we were the young farmers in 16? Yes. Well, I'd love to talk about this because um, my mother-in-law um, was your secretary when you were the chairman. Is that right? That's right. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to hear about your years of the young farmers and what you got out of it. And I got everything out of it. <laughs> Plus a wife. That would be a good marketing campaign for the young farmers. I got everything out of it, including a wife. And that was brilliant. <laughs> or in some people's case, a husband. Um, yeah. So tell me a bit. I, um, I mean, I've been connected to farming all my life, but I wasn't in the young farmers. So I'd love tell me about what that was like back when, when you started. I mean, it was well, a started. key social activity, I presume. It was the only social activity mm-hmm. we had. The... And the meetings in the winter time from beginning of October were every two weeks. Yeah. And an evening meeting and somebody came and spoke to us about various things. Mm-hmm. Their farming experiences about improving c- cattle and improving crops and all sorts of things. And that yeah. happened October, November, December, and then we break at Christmas and then we always had Christmas parties. Brilliant, yes. Yeah. In a village had... hall or something like that, would it be? Sorry? Would that be in a village hall or, or a something? Hotel or a hotel, or so. yes, uh-huh. yeah. And then there's, then we would go January, February, March. And I think it was March with I and Gerald meeting. Mm-hmm. And at that, an annual Gerald meeting was a meeting, a meal, and then a dance. Brilliant. <laughs> And then we had summer outings going to going to different farms all over the place. Yes. And with yeah. it being just after the war and we used to fill three buses. But the buses only held about twenty four. But it filled three of those from uh, this area. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And then at one time there'd be sixty people in the young farm. Wow, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. And that was our life, our social mm-hmm. life, which yes. was great. Yes. And lifelong friends as yeah, a result, yes. I imagine. Yes, but it's a Sad thing, there's no men in them left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's because you're you're still going strong, aren't you? So remarkably so. <laughs> yeah. But I was I was more interested in stock judging, and I did a lot of stock judging. Mm-hmm. And uh, the late Jimmy Jeffrey, who was in Jukri, he oh, he yes. helped me a lot, yeah, and taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I won quite a lot. Oh, did you? Don't be modest. Don't be modest. Tell me more. I certainly sensed when you were talking about the raising the beef calves earlier on, I certainly sensed that you, you've got a real passion for livestock. And that's obviously where, yes. you know, well, where the stock I, judging came in I was as well. In a, I was in a stock judging team that went to Cambridge mm-hmm. and then judged dairy cattle. Uh-huh. 
and we didn't do very well. <laughs> and then I was in a stock judging team at the Highland Show judging beef cattle. Oh, yes. Which we won. Oh, brilliant. And then I was also won a dairy competition at the, there used to be a, what they call the dairy show in the Kelvin Hall at Glasgow. Oh, yes, yes. As you sometimes read the paper, you see they have dairy shows at some of the markets. Yes, But I've this seen went that. on yeah. for a week and I was with the late Mark Harvey, him and I won the competition one year. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Fabulous. Were you given a suitable trophy or something yes, to commemorate I, it? Yes. yes. It's actually the trophy we won in Glasgow. If you go to the young farmer's stand, you'll see a trophy with orange handles oh, called yes. the, the Chang Trophy. Yes. My name's on that. Oh, <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I'm going to try and find a photograph of that if I can't see it in real life. Well done. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. So it was so it was a hugely social thing, but actually also everybody was learning something at yes. the same time, weren't uh, yes, they? Yeah. Yes. So really, really beneficial. It was both beneficial and yes. social. Yes. Um, and did you do speech making and that sort of thing? Or was that a newer kind we of... We had to give reasons why we were, why we paced animals, which they still do these I see, yes. yes. A, B, X and Y. Right, yes. I placed them that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the, the farm. We used to get potato squads to come and gather the potatoes oh. and they came from Newton Grange or... Okay, yes. Or, or Miller Hill, what do you call that? Mm. Bit, remember, Craig Miller. Oh, yes, yes. And all these places. And that was what the tatty holidays, as they called yeah, them. Well, yes, they were, yes. they were women that came... Right. And the Newton Grange ones were good, but they all got too old when I grew up and they didn't <laughs> want to come. <laughs> but the potato squad sometimes didn't turn up because oh. another farmer would offer them for more money. Like, there would, like there'd be a lady in the in the village of Newton Grange who would gather yes. 20 people together. Yes. And they got, other farmers got to know the leader and said, you're only getting 20 pieces them. Logan, I'll give you 21p. <laughs> so it became a bit competitive to get the labour then. Yes. That hasn't changed much, yeah. I don't and suppose. And I, I have been held up against the wall with a knife when I reprimanded some. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. So that was one of the tatty squad who wasn't doing the job properly. Yeah, yeah, that, and, oh my goodness. They were allowed the boiling, which is supposed to be a small bag. Oh, okay, yes, to take but away. But then yeah. they got greedy and they filled big bags and then there was rows and fights with the farmer and, the, well, not the farmer, the foreman, the grief yes. about it all. And then sometimes when you go out in the, at night, the buses would be sitting on the roadside because there were so many potatoes in them, the bus was overloaded, it would break down. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of potatoes. Yes. <laughs> and then father got... Really badly let down one year during the war. It must have been near the end of the war. Mm -hmm. And he finished up with German prisoners gathering the potatoes. Right. In, right. De in December. Gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you remember that? I remember them. Mm -hmm. I remember them walking down the road singing. And, and I think there was either two or three soldiers with rifles. Mind you, they could have knocked the people, soldiers down. <laughs> but they were a very happy bunch. Yes, yes. And they were in a camp at Gosford at Long Lidry. Okay, close to me. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were a happy going lot. Mm -hmm. But they were too young. Like, 
I was that was the nineteen forty. I was only eight, yeah, nine years old. Yes, yeah. So the the what it represented would yes. have been a bit and lost on you. I but suppose, we knew when thing. they were coming in because they came into the walk from whatever field they were in into the farm, mm-hmm. and because there were a cook came from the camp to give them lunch. Oh right, gosh! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And heated up soup and all that. They were well fed. Yes. And Mac and I, well, uh, you've been at Athelson Ford in front of the house. Yes. We used to run over to the wall and look down the road and watch them come down the road singing into the farm. Yes, wow. <laughs> Do you mind talking a little bit about your wife and how you met her? Well, I met Betty at the Highland Show in Aberdeen. Oh, did you? So back then the Highland Show used to migrate to yes. different locations. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. And she was a demonstrator with the gas board. Okay, yes. And yeah. then I didn't see her again until... Two, three months later, or a dance at, after a young farmer's event at Perth. We mm-hmm. met her there, and that was it. Yes. And um, was she from well, she uh, lived Aberdeen? In, no, she no. lived in Edinburgh. She came from Dumfrieshire, Dumfriesshire. Oh, okay. Yes, <laughs> yes. And how did she enjoy being a farmer's wife? Well, she was a farmer's daughter. Ah, so <laughs> she took to it quite quite yes. well. Yes. yes uh-huh. Yeah. And she, she did lots of things. She she was a very good cook, and she used to bake cakes for a hotel in Edinburgh that did teas. You know, you went for uh, for weeks after a crematorium. Oh, yes. Got yes. There. She did yes. that. And she was DC of the Pony Club for a year. Oh, was she? She was ah, secretary then. That. She was secretary of the Pony Club, then DC for, I don't know how many years. Yeah. Well, James did a lot of pony club. Yes. Well, um, we haven't talked about horses yet, which we must do. So, what what year did you get married? Nineteen sixty four. Nineteen sixty four. Can we talk a little bit about these photographs? I know it's slightly going backwards, but you've got two photographs here. There's not an actual date on them. Um, it was during, but it was during the war. the war. And I don't. Do you know where that? Houses in the no, background. I don't know where no. that is. Um, and then there's two of them, and well, fathers in them both. Ah, so um, they're fo- photographs from during the war at the First Battalion, East Lothian Home Guard, yeah. well, they, which your father was involved yeah, well, in. That, Hugh Miller was in West Fortune, George Scunnyman, who was in East Garrelton, oh, father. Yes. Who was that one? Reed, I don't know him. And that's Rupert Watson, isn't it? Um, yes, Watson. Yep. Watson and, and then Gray. And that's George Gray. Mm-hmm. Kenneth, you know Kenneth Gray? Yes. His yes, father. right, goodness. And then this man had only one arm. He'd been in the oh, army. Yes, he Fraser was something. Lieutenant Fraser. Fraser. And Wallace, he was a minister in, D- in Diddleton. I don't know him. Well, these Robertson Durham's are in Cullen. Oh, right. They're still there. Oh, the gosh, are they? Yeah. I don't know that one. No. And I don't know that one, and I don't know that one. And then the front row, that man Johnson, George Hanna, he was the farmer in Drem. Oh, yes, yes. Cass Tate. Mm-hmm. Rogers, she was a Roger. Oh, That's yeah. That's her father. And right. he, had the, he had the golf, where the badger is now. Oh, yes, the Bonnie Badger, yes. There was a pub yes, there called the Golf, and that was him. That's Cass yes. Tate's father, Tom Tate's grandfather. Yes, oh my goodness. <laughs> There's a slight family resemblance, I think. <laughs> <laughs> father was in charge of the Athelson Ford branch. 
Oh, I see. Yes, yes. And there were all the farmers, there were three farmers. Dad was the first lieutenant. Brooks took old Duff was a second lieutenant and Cunningham was a second lieutenant. Oh, I see, yes. And the farm graves of these three farms were sergeants and all the farm workers, male work farm workers, mm -hmm. were privates. Right, yes. And yes. they trained, marched up and down the village twice a week. Yeah, <laughs> gosh. And, and um, did and, your father talk much about... About it when oh, you know, yes, we, yes, we all knew yes. what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Like there was no office that you could find, they could go to. Like no, everything was, no. Like his desk was in the living room at Athelton Ford, which still the living room at Athelton Ford. Mm -hmm. And we all knew, we didn't know what he was talking about, but we were there. No, but you knew what he was involved in. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You must have felt very proud. Yes, he yes. was. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, the ladies, the, the women on the farm, your mother and the wives, uh -huh. what, how did they all get involved? And um, not just during the war, but, you know, in general, they would be a linchpin, but, but yes. in a less well, kind well, of the, obvious way. Well, there was, yeah. Neil always said, I, was, I live in maid, mm -hmm. because uh, I can't, there's no hoovers in these days, was there? Or no. there's just an old uh, thing you pushed up. Carpet down. sweeper you thing. Know, what did call it um, again? I don't <laughs> You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> Can you ask your mother-in-law? Yes, I will. And uh, with the maid, that was similar. She had to cook for him. Like, yes, yes. Well, mother spent all Monday, Monday morning washing. And, mm -hmm. and then in the afternoon, it was, well, it was hung out. Tuesday was ironing day. Then she went to Edinburgh to shop on the Wednesday when father went to the corn market. Hugely time-consuming. And you can see why, you know, back then fewer women would leave the house to go to a job elsewhere because everything that they did at home, it took all week, didn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. from where I'm sitting here, I can see a dishwasher and a robot lawnmower and all these mod cons yeah. which didn't exist and, and everything had to be done by hand. Well, there was a washing machine, but it had to be manual filled and manual oh, emptied. Yes, uh -huh. goodness. So ponies, we haven't talked about ponies yet. Um, you, We talked about the fact that your father had three pairs plus one. How did that then kind of ignite your love of horses and, and how has your love of horses kind of been evident throughout your life? It's just the same as you love anything. Yes. It's just a natural thing. Was there a pony on the farm when you were young that you could yes, ride? Yes, we did have ponies. Yes, we had a, yeah. We had a Shetland pony and a first Remembers the Shetland pony as you know, it's a big bit of gravel in front of the house, Atherton Ford. Oh, yes. And much to father's annoyance, we went and got a harrow, an old fashioned zigzag harrow, mm -hmm. and with a Shetland pony. And we used to try and get it to pull up and down. <laughs> we were sent out to weed and rake the lawn, but we went and got the you pony, got the pony to, to do it. <laughs> and of course, these. Harrows were dangerous because if you put your feet in, you know, it was crisscross yes. metal. Yes. And if you put a put in there and didn't watch how you took it out, you could break your leg. So Ooh. what are you going to do with a pony if he breaks its leg? Well, <laughs> so we had ponies and Mac didn't ride very much at that time. And we used to go to Jim Cannot. Oh, did you? Yes, yeah. And there was a man... Called Mitchell, Jimmy Mitchell from Bonington. He used to run to Jim Canners at North Berwick to raise money for the Red Cross. 
Oh, nice. Yes, lovely. Yeah. And was that affiliated with the Pony Club? or No, no, no that no. was separate to the yeah, Pony Club. Yeah, there was no Pony Club. That no time. Pony Club. No, and in fact, my daughters are both in the Pony Club, and I so I was reading something, I can't remember what date it was formed, but it's it's quite a young organisation in yes. the grand scheme of things. It, yes, exactly. yes. And then we had ponies, and then we found out about pubs and girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> and the ponies sort of got back seat and then after we were married we started again ah yes and so was was betty keen on ponies before yes, she, she met didn't, you she didn't ride she didn't ride no but, but she was keen on having them yes yes and uh, i used to exercise james's ponies i had a horse and uh, i used to ride around the farm every night finish working with the men around about half past four five o'clock mm-hmm have a cup of tea, went and got the ponies, and if James was busy at school, I trailed his pony along oh, beside yes. him. I had a horse, yes, and I knew all the boundaries around the farm everywhere. Wow. <laughs> so is this kind of combining work with pleasure then? Because you were riding the horse, but you were also able just to go and keep an eye yes. on what was happening in the way that you probably would just jump in the pickup these days to yes, go and do uh, the same thing. I did on horseback. I like that idea. Yeah, I like and that then, idea. And then he found out about girls and pubs and he stopped riding. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, and he did ride again a wee bit, but he hurt his back. It's had two ops in his back, so yeah. he, he won't go near them now. No, well, I don't blame him. After James stopped, we started going racing. Oh, and, uh, yes. I think I've been going racing for about 40 years. Just before Betty died, we decided to buy a share in a horse. Mm-hmm. A racehorse, yeah. Yes, and a racehorse, and I've got one or two. I've had one or two, yes. and I've got quite a good one just now. Have you? Yes, Ooh. called Serious Operator. Oh, right. And, <laughs> and is it a he or a she? It's a gelding. A gelding. Yeah. And is he is he winning? Where where does where does he race? Where do you go well, to? Well, there's to six watch? six of them in the syndicate. I only have a pack. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've no idea. I don't know them. I only know them at the races. Like of course. Well, yes. There are two of them come from Aberdeen, actually, in the oil right. industry. Yes. And it's with Lucinda Russell. Oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In Ross. Yeah. And we bought into it last September. And it ran five times last year and won three, so we're quite happy. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty so good. it's about ready to come out again. Yes, yeah. And so do you sometimes physically go to watch it and then sometimes watch it on television? A bit of I'll, a... I'll only go 100 miles from here. Oh, okay. I, still, I can still do 100 miles. Yes, yeah. But I wouldn't go to Cheltenham now. Or... It's quite a long way. Yes, yes. because Betty and I yeah. used to... After... We've sort of got retired, I don't know. Betty and I used to go to a lot of race meetings. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, all over the country. Yeah, all over the country. Yes. I think we got, we were going to go to the mall. Things didn't work out. No, no. And uh, I think we'd done about half of them. Can I be very rude and ask you your age? <laughs> 91. <laughs> 91. But you, so you keep yourself busy with the racing. Yes. And um, a bit of gardening. Yes, yeah. And um, do you, are you still um, involved? Do you still chat with James about decisions on the farm? Or? Oh, no. He tells me what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> and you can then quietly agree or disagree. <laughs> do you mostly agree with what, yes, what he's doing? Yes. Um, no, he's, he's, he's been super. 
Good, yes. good, yeah. Yes, he, uh, actually allowed him to make decisions when he was 25. Mm -hmm. For years it was always, he made the decisions and I sort of said, uh, well, why is it taking you so long? <laughs> I suppose, the, you know, you, you had to make the decisions at a young age, but not through choice. Um, no. and, and so it would be easy for you to kind of hold on to the reins, but giving him the no, opportunity I, is the best way to learn, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. I and, always um, remember one day there was a group of farmers came when we started the factory out there, which is 20 years ago. Gosh, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the, that's the potato factory. So you make we, 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 you make peel chi chips, chips and, and those uh, chips go into Edinburgh to fish and chip shops and other places like that. that. Yeah, it's brilliant idea. Yes. Anyway, and there was a group of farmers came from Fife to see about see them, and uh, I don't know the chat went, and they said, "Well, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to die and say I never. I wish I'd tried that." Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Better to regret the things you've done than the things you haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. As well as being heavily involved with the young farmers, you also had a spell uh, involved with the Highland Show as well. Yes. What, what era was it? Tell me more about it. Well, I gave up when I was 70. Okay, So I was yes. there for 10 years. Yes, So wow. you can work that one out. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was a steward in the... Light horses to begin with, and then I was chief steward of the show jumping for eight years. Oh, brilliant! Oh, that would be a great was, job. That was, yes. a, that was an experience. Really good. <laughs> yes, yeah. And again, I suppose a bit like a kind of later life young farmers in yeah. that you get to yeah. meet lots but, of new uh, people. But, and... but I was also very involved in Haddington Show for years. Ah, oh, yes, yes. And uh, I was. Steward of the horses, chief steward of the horses, a convener and president. I had a good show. Brilliant! So you've had all the, all the roles. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so it did all that. And Haddington show, um, you know, apart from the COVID years, um, still thriving and still it's a really still, brilliant yeah, event. Yes. To go uh, it to. wasn't as big yes. in these days. No, and it used to be held well, and the hawks along there. Yes, I went there once. I think. Uh -huh. um, well, it would have gone more years, but it was cancelled a couple of times and then before it moved. Because of rain. Because of rain, <laughs> which we have just had in abundance. Um, and, um, well, actually, Argyle have really suffered, haven't they, with, with yes, flooding recently, which is, looks like it's and been And up north, Aviemore. And... Yes, yes, really <laughs> nasty. But yep. um, So fond memories of the Highland Show and oh, yeah, your so involvement like there. And, and now James, your son, is the current director of the of the Highland yeah, Show, isn't he? And yes. seems to, to be uh, really enjoying he it is too. he chairman designate. Oh, that's right, yeah. He's gone all further than me. <laughs> Maybe he's got more, more spare time than you had. <laughs> Sorry, James, that was a cheeky comment. Um, <laughs> you know, we talked about Haddington Show, and and I I think it's just really important for the local community, yes. for people to go along and learn yeah. a bit more about food yeah. and farming. And the Highland Show is an amazing spectacle yeah. for all sorts um, of people. We've talked about how things have changed so much on the farm, and some of those you must think are positive changes and maybe some are, are, are more negative changes. But what's your kind of overall thought about about change over the last sort of 80 years the, since you can the, remember? The, 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 the biggest thing, the biggest regret I have is a number of houses of good 
a rural, a really rural country mm. down along the coast has changed into a Dartburn yes. sprawl. Yes. When I was growing up after the war, 50s, 60s and 70s, like you drive out from Edinburgh and once you left Edinburgh, it was countryside. Straight away, yes. And it's just so much of it has been built up and so mm -hmm. much is going to be built up. Mm -hmm. Yes, they haven't stopped. They... And I don't want to go back to the good old days. People say they want to go back to the good old days. There are no good old days. That's just how you remember them. Yes. yes. You know, think yes. of the one with the cold hand. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Freezing cold hands. And, and... Yes. and uh, the amalgamation of farms and farmers working and with each other, it's, it's a sign of the times. I'm, I'm not against it. Mm -hmm. It uh, needs to evolve, doesn't it? The, yes. yes. Well, everything's, everything in the world is joining up, if you understand. Yes, yes, yes. And often that's about working collaboratively, which is a really good thing to, yes. to uh -huh. help solve problems together rather uh -huh. than everybody working in isolation. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. And like, if you go out, say at Distic Harvest, for instance, and you pass a field and it's standing and there's a combine at the gate and you go away for two, three hours and you get back and the combine's standing and going out, it's all done. Yes, yes, <laughs> Whereas yes. years ago you would be in the field for ages. We moved from two combines to one combine. We could do 50 acres a day with one combine, and that was a big step. Gosh, yes, and that yes. was a, that was 20 years ago. Maybe, yes, maybe yeah. 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. And have you got any? You know, you talked about housing and the urban sprawl, and and you know that that's maybe one of the negatives. Have you got any regrets about any decisions that? that you've made, or are you content? <laughs> I've made content? a few bloomers in my life, but I'll forget about <laughs> them. <laughs> a few disasters along the way with different things. But yeah. nah, no, I'm not going to no. talk about them. No, and again, it's about, you know, you don't learn unless you make a few mistakes, and sometimes yeah. in yeah. business you've got to try things yeah. before you can establish whether yeah. they work or not. Um, mm -hmm. I suppose, the, if, uh, maybe, sorry, carry on. The years ago, before, back to potatoes. Mm -hmm. Well, they used to make a, a, a wrench and you planted the potatoes where the field mark had been. Okay, yes, that I can picture that. And yes. then, then you come up there and you covered it over mm -hmm. and there was no herbicides. So you knocked these down with harrows and then you built them up. And mm -hmm. one of the reasons Father had a three-field tractor because he could break the clods in each drill. Ah, yes, yes. They had to go through them with well, the grubbers. I don't know if you understand what a grubber mm -hmm. is. I do, yeah. And to kill the weeds and that. And all these... Potatoes were all hoed by hand, take the weeds out. Gosh, were they? Yeah, so, yeah. So they spent a lot of time with Yes, weeds. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. I think the time-consuming nature before modern mechanisation yes, is like, probably not something that, that I could appreciate how long it would take. Like there was so much hand labour. Like when you made hay, you cut it with a mower and then you had a, well, something. At one time, we used to turn it a whole lot drove. Mine went down with forks, turn it over like that. Oh, yes, yes. And then it was swept up and you made it into kyles, they called them, small heap. Mm -hmm. And then they forked it onto rocks and it was left there to, to cure. Mm -hmm. and then it was carted and stacked again. So the hay was done by hand, that's one. 
then they coiled it, then they rocked it, then they stacked it. That was four times. Four times, yes. They moved it. And then it was put onto a, it was stacked outside, then it was put onto a cart and moved to wherever it was. Then it was taken to the cart. It was about mm -hmm. six times that the hay was actually. The hay was touched effectively, yes. yes. Goodness. And then if you go back to the grain where it was cut with a binder, mm -hmm. like the sheaves, like that was mechanical in my days. The binder cut it and the sheaves dropped on the ground. Then they put them into stooks. That mm -hmm. was one. And then the stooks were put onto a cart. Then they were taken to a stack, off the stack, taken to a thrashing mill. And then the straw was bunched and put in a stack. And then it was taken to somewhere else where it was used. That was seven times the stuff was moved. Wow. And, um, yeah, now you think of, you know, two big round bales on the forks of a forklift, yes. the prongs yeah. of a forklift going up onto the lorry and before you know it, you've got 72 bales disappearing to yeah. wherever. Uh -huh. It's astounding, isn't it, really? When you think about it. Yeah. I don't want to go out these days. No, and I think I think it's, it's nice to, to have a bit of nostalgia, but actually being realistic, it was, it was tough. It was really tough for people. We ate a lot of food in these days. Yeah, but you needed the energy. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And you were eating good, wholesome food, not yeah. some of the processed nonsense that, no that people eat these days. There was no such no. thing. I spoke to ham, um, beef burgers. Well, they weren't invented. <laughs> do you still cook for yourself? I cook for myself. You cook for yourself, do you, every day? Uh -huh. Yes, wow. I well try to go for lunch as often as I can. Oh, I think very sensible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at my list here to make sure I haven't missed off any questions. I suppose two, two final things, if you don't mind. What are your, some of your best memories of, of life in rural East Lothian? Can't think of it. Lots of <laughs> all of it. All of it. Well, that's really positive, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah. really positive. Mm -hmm. I've been lucky. Yeah, yeah. I've had a few uh, hard times uh, with Betty dying and one yes, thing or another. Yeah, and we had a lot of lovely times together. Mm -hmm. Did things and uh, and growing up, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, mm. and you've got a child and grandchildren to be very proud yeah. of, mm -hmm. and. You can look out of the window and see well, the fruits of everybody's labour. Well, if they want. If they want to farm, I think I've got enough, been able to give them enough that they can go on mm -hmm. and do something with. Yes, yes. That was my biggest achievement. Yeah. And uh, and I can remember Mac and I, he was older than me, and we had a lot of, we had to make our own entertainment. Yes, yes. You must have been really good friends, yes, spending yes. so uh -huh. much time and together. And one of the things yeah. we did, we managed to get the grieve, they gave us his key to his little shed of stored about. Uh -huh. And we made what was called a guider that day, which was pram wheel. Oh, yes. All pram wheels were like hen's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and you put two wheels at the front and you put a, on a wee bar of wood. Yeah. And then you put a bit of, a long bit of wood and then you did a bit you sat on. Mm -hmm. And we took that up to the top of the cocktail Atherton Ford on a Sunday. Oh, yes. No, a Sunday. Yes. And it wouldn't go. And we went, I had to push it back down the hill. So we're back to the workshop. 
Not although they feel they finished up the top of the wall. Sport of engineering. Some of the funny things we did. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yes. mm -hmm. yeah. So my final question is, I uh, suppose we could imagine Anna and Hamish, your grandchildren, in, in this scenario. But just in general, though, thinking of them as as young people in their 20s, what, what would your advice be to, to young people these days? What have you learned that they might benefit from? Do what you're happy at. Very sensible. Very sensible. Yeah. As, don't need to follow father or mother or anybody. Do what you want, what yeah. you're happy at. Because yeah. it's no use getting up in the morning and saying, oh, to do that again. It's been really, really fascinating to talk to you. Thank mm -hmm. you. So thank you very much to, to Willie Logan there for giving me his time and a lovely cup of tea in his wonderful, cosy farmhouse kitchen. It was really a pleasure to talk to him. Now, Willie mentioned a couple of times in the podcast there about uh, RAS, the Royal Highland and Agricultural Society of Scotland. And uh, watch this space because we're very excited that one of the very first projects we'll be doing with On Record is in association with RAS. So we'll be revealing more uh, in June course and it's it's really really exciting but meantime if you think that you'd love to record your own memories or those of your grandfather or your grandmother or somebody who's worked in your business for 30 years or is retiring get in touch because we can do that for you and give it to you in a really professionally created file that you can keep forever and listen to over and over again so if you head to www.onrecordmemories.co.uk you can find out more about the project and in fact on that website you can listen to a short podcast which explains in more detail exactly what the project is about and why and how you can get involved and if you decide to record um, with one of your delightful family members or or staff uh, if you if you make a booking to do that before the 29th of february then when you contact us quote launch 15 and you can get a 15 percent discount on all of the, the the bookings all the cost um so that's well worth doing and um, yeah, we'd love uh, and I'm very excited to speak to more people and get their fascinating stories because um, it's really quite emotional. And the last thing I want for anybody to say, you know, after they lose somebody precious is, oh, I just wish I could hear their voice one more time. And um, now through on record, that can happen. So we're, we're really very much looking forward to it. Um that's it, really. I hope you enjoyed listening to Willie. We'll be back again next week. Get in touch if we can help you. And as usual, uh, the On Farm podcast and now the On Record project are brought to you by the team here at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. So big shout out to all of them, actually. Monty, who's under the weather at the moment. Dave, our podcast producer. John, our designer. Jan, who's basically a master of all trades. Kate, Marie, Thank you to all of them. We couldn't do uh, any of this without them. So thank you. And thank you, our listeners, for uh, for listening. And we hope to work with some of you soon. 